Ohio State gets a big game from Joy Brunk as the Buckeyes beat the Spartans of Michigan State on Thursday night, examining a couple scouting reports, one for Garrett Wilson and the other for Chris Olave. And Tom Izzo has some interesting things to say about the Buckeye fans at the basketball game last night. All that and more right here on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Friday, March 4th in the year 2022, and I would like to thank every person out there for making Locked On Buckeyes their first to listen of every single day. The Buckeyes desperately needed a win on Thursday night. In a very big moment in this season, the Buckeyes came through and they got a performance from somebody that wasn't even on the Michigan State scouting report for last night's game. The Buckeyes beat the Spartans 80-69, and Ohio State had four guys in double-digit scoring, and they only got three points off the bench. Those three points came from a three-pointer from Cedric Russell. Malachi Branham had 22 on 9 of 16 shooting. EJ Liddell had 19 points on 50% shooting from the field and from downtown. Joey Brunk had 18 points on 7 of 10 shooting, then add in 16 from Jamar Wheeler on 5 of 11 shooting and 4 of 8 from downtown. One of the things that I see on Twitter from different Ohio State beat writers, and of course they're trying to find things to write about the game to describe what they witnessed or what they saw in that performance or in that matchup. So a lot of times I'll be on there. I'm not calling any names, but some of these guys, some writers will say, oh, is this the Eugene Brown game? Or is this the Jamari Wheeler game? They're saying these things within the first five minutes of the game, and I'm like, wait, you got 35 minutes left in the game, and you're already saying the blank, blank game, the EJ Liddell game, the Malachi Branham game. And so normally I see those things. I don't hop on them. I don't make fun of them. I just laugh in my head because a lot of it is premature. A lot of it is maybe prisoner of the last five minutes of play or four minutes of play and now over the totality of the game. And so early in this game, Ohio State gets off to a 18-4 start. Yes, 18-4 start in this game. Malachi Brandon hits a three. EJ Liddell hits a three. Liddell hits a two in the mid-range. Uh, turnaround jump shot over the defender. Then Liddell hits another three. Tom Izzo calls a timeout. Ohio State comes back out. Eugene Brown hits a two. They're up 13-0. Michigan State hits, I believe, a layup at this time, 13-2. Jamari Wheeler hits a three. And then Brunk scores. Uh, Michigan State scored uh, after Wheeler's three to make it 16-4. And then Joey Brunk scores um, on the right block to make it 18-4. And over the next few plays, over the next series of minutes, there was a stretch of plays where Joey Brunk really got loose. He was getting busy. And I liked what I was seeing from Brunk because it was not expected. First, him being in the starting lineup was a shock as well. But then you have players that aren't playing. You kind of have to go with the next man up mentality. And so with people saying, is this the Eugene Brown game or is this the Malachi Branham game? A lot of it is premature. But if you said it in the first minutes of the game or early on when Joy Brunk started to get loose, you are correct. Because this literally was the Joey Brunk game. Now, he was not the starter or the ignition starter of this of this year, but he is somebody that propelled. And when you have a guy that 
I think his season high was 16 points or excuse me, six points. All of a sudden he triples that in one performance against Michigan State when Ohio State desperately needed somebody to step up due to injuries, illnesses, things of that nature. This is literally the Joey Brunk game. I don't come on here and say that. I don't think I've come on here and said that at all since I've been hosting this year podcast. But the Joey Brunk game was how I will remember this. But it wasn't just him. Everybody fed off of each other. A bad three-point shooting team, which is the Ohio State Buckeyes, shot 45% from downtown on 9 of 20 shooting from three-point land. 55% shooting from the field for the Buckeyes, and they shot 81% from the charity stripe. They only missed three free throws. Another thing that I always look for is the hustle stats. They had 36 points in the paint to only 18 for Michigan State. Buckeyes had five fast break points. They had seven steals. And this was a team that early in the game, you really realized they're ready to play. And a team that needs a spark. They need literally somebody to step up. It wasn't just Joey Brunk. You saw Liddell locked in. You saw Branham locked in. You saw Wheeler Brock locked in. You saw everybody on the court locked in. And they were playing basketball, playing their role. And you could easily tell. They were having fun out there on the court. Now, remember when I said that the Buckeyes desperately needed this win, it, not just for their own mentals and for their psyche, but because they're trying to get a double bye in the Big Ten Conference Tournament, which starts next Wednesday in Indianapolis, Indiana. The Buckeyes are currently fifth in the Big Ten standings at 12-7 and seven in conference play. Number four is Iowa. Number three is Purdue. Number two is Illinois. Number one is Wisconsin. Right behind them, Rutgers is 11-8, Michigan State 10-9. The, the Buckeyes only played the Spartans once this year, won that contest, which benefits them. But losing to Rutgers, losing to Iowa, losing to Purdue, beating Illinois, which Illinois and Wisconsin, I think that's out too far in front to for the Buckeyes to overcome. But if you want to get that double bye, you got to hope some big things happen over the weekend and that the Buckeyes take care of business against the Wolverines on Sunday afternoon. This weekend, there's only one game in the Big Ten on Saturday. That is the game between Indiana and Purdue. Purdue is at home in West Lafayette. And then the teams that are right in the nick of things with Ohio State, Iowa and Rutgers. Iowa plays Illinois on Sunday. That's at 7.30 on FS1 if you want to watch that game. And then the Rutgers Scarlet Knights play Penn State. Rutgers is at home. That's at 12 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Rutgers should win that game. The Iowa game is tricky. I think Iowa loses, which ultimately benefits Ohio State. But Ohio State has to take care of business if they want that double bye. When the double bye means they don't play their first game in the Big Ten Conference Tournament until Friday. I think the first game that they could play is either at 11.30 or 12, um, 11.30 a.m. Eastern at in the Indianapolis or at 12 noon. Forget exactly which one it is. But you want that double buy. A team that needs all the rest it can get took care of business on Thursday. And ultimately, we're hoping that they take care of business on Sunday to potentially get that double buy coming up in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. March Madness is only a few weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X, both really fun in their own way. 
They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing you and beating you there. This is a time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Malt Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15% off your order. Once again, go to Built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. The combine is other underway, and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson quickly got the eyeballs of everybody involved watching either on the television or in Lucas Oil Stadium, also in downtown Indianapolis, when Chris Olave ran, ran an unofficial 4-2-6-40. Now, the official time is a 4-3-9. The official time for Garrett Wilson is a 4-3-8. I'm not knocking them. I don't care if it's 4-3, 4-2. Don't really matter. Those boys were moving. And when you saw Ryan Day after Chris, Chris Olave ran his 40 time. You saw just a calm, cool, collected face because as Javante Jean-Baptiste said on the Twitter, Ryan Day, his face was normal because he expected this from Chris Olave. Some measurements from the combine. I'm going to go through some scouting reports for these two gentlemen. These are coming directly from NFL.com to see if you agree with what these Scouts have to say about these two pro prospects. Chris Olave at the combine, um, height six foot and three eighths, and then weighed in at 187 pounds. Was hoping for a little, was hoping for a weight over the 190 mark, but 187 is still not bad at all for someone that has a very slender frame. 4'3, 940, 32 inch vertical. Garrett Wilson, five foot 11 and three quarters, 183 pounds. 4'3840, like I mentioned, 36 and in 36 inch vert, I was expecting, or maybe I was hoping that Chris, that Garrett Wilson jumped over 40 because I still remember how he looked when he had that catch against Clemson during the 2019 college football playoff. But that didn't happen. 32 inches for Olave, 36 for Wilson. I ain't complaining. I ain't complaining it at all. I like what I saw from those two gentlemen. But let's go through these scouting reports really quickly. Garrett Wilson first. 
And then also we'll, we will go through one for Chris Alava. I'm going to read a little bit. You listen along and let me know if you agree with what you hear. Garrett Wilson, scouting report. Let's get right to it. Quick overview. Wilson's game is lacking in polish. Okay, that's a great way to, interesting way to start off a scouting report. But some scouts believe his play strength and run after catch ability make him a more valuable draft commodity than Ohio State teammate Chris Olave. He's a linear inside-outside receiver with trouble eluding press cleanly and is very inefficient with routes over the first two levels. His long speed is good, but the acceleration burst is what makes him such an effective separator in space. He might not be smooth getting there, but he has eye-popping ball skills when it's time to go make a play. Wilson needs to go on his ability Wilson needs to work on his ability to consistently uncover on all three levels, but he has the traits to become a very good wide receiver too if he tightens up his areas of concern. That was an interesting way to open up a, a general overview of Garrett Wilson, the prospect. Wilson's game is lacking in polish. Hmm. Hmm. Are we watching the same guy? He's not a perfect prospect. He did drop a few balls. There were some things that he can do better. But to say that he's lacking in polish, well, maybe the drop balls is a way that he's lacking in polish, but I was expecting more of a nicer way to open that up than something that is more negative right off the top. Here are some strengths. Not going to go through all of them because there are a few. Here are some strengths that we see here from Garrett Wilson coming from NFL.com. Made 27 catches for 371 yards and six touchdowns over his last three games. Deceptive speed seems to surprise single coverage. Instant acceleration creates his plays his plays fast profile. Shows feel for mixing up speed inside the route. Play strength to fight through route pressure and get back on track. Consistent to separate on deep ends, posts, and go routes. Hands are instinctive, sudden, and strong. Good hand extension to plug throws away from his frame. I mean, all that is good. All that I think is I, I pretty much agree with. You open up with stats here over his last three games, which is a great way to open up the strengths instead of the general overview, which I really don't. I don't think I would have opened it up that way. Did a saying Wilson's game was lacking in polish, um, and then go to explain something else after that. Here are some weaknesses that we are seeing, or someone else sees in Garrett Wilson. You may agree, you may not agree. There are a few. There not aren't as many. So I'm going to read all of them to give you a better feel about what these people think about Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Linear release will get touched up by press. Interesting. Takes off without a clear route plan. Hard to believe. Needs better route adjustment in traffic. Hmm. Route running is raw and segmented. Okay. Sloppy footwork in and out of immediate break points. I've seen some footwork things, but people really love. I've heard people talk about Olave's footwork while in his route and how it is really smooth and his transitions are somewhat next level. Okay. Hindered by elongated stem and excessive stutter stepping. Suffer from focus drops near the sideline. Now, that is true. That is very true. The drops that I mentioned earlier that I said he had a few drops, most of those are near the sideline. Some of those are during crucial moments. Um, Second and short, no, second and long, or even third uh, third and five, third and six, where you, need a, where you need a first down. He did have drops in crucial moments. That one is 100% true. Avenge win rate in battle for positioning. I don't agree with that completely. Um, there are some things that I do agree with, some things I don't agree with. But what say you? 
in the comments on the YouTube. Drop in what you think about Garrett Wilson and if you agree or disagree with this scouting report from NFL.com. Next up, Chris Olave, um, who I do believe is going to wow more people than he already has, not only at his combine, but also at the pro, at the Ohio State Pro Day because you're going to get Olave once again, who's going to have another chance to perform in front of scouts, executives, and other people that are going to be decision makers in the NFL. General overview for Chris Olave. This one opens up in a different way with a different tone than what Garrett Wilson's did. The quiet storm of the Ohio State wide receiver corps, Olave is smooth, steady, and makes things happen. His movements are fluid and easy from snap to the to the catch in all points between. He's just he's excuse me, he's fast but efficient and plays with the bend and foot agility to uncover on all three levels. Alave possesses natural well-rounded ball skills but needs to add play strength to ward off the physical challenges that are headed his way. His play traits should allow for success beyond the scheme and talent advantages surrounding him at Ohio State. He is an inside-outside hybrid appealing to offenses looking for a field stretcher with the ability to take on a sizable catch load. A lot of that is true. But remember, I said that the tone to start this is a lot different than Garrett Wilson's. Garrett Wilson is the number one ranked number one ranked receiving prospect on NFL.com. Alave, I believe, is number four. So if you open up the number one receiver and you open up in that way that you did, that you did with Garrett Wilson, are you doing it just because that's what other people are doing? Or do you genuinely believe that Garrett Wilson is number one? But why would you open up in a negative way? No, everything that they say about Alave, it is true. His frame is something that has been in question because you just wonder what the grueling nature of the NFL. Is Alave going to be a person that can really withstand the pressures and the pain that's coming his way, the hurt, once he gets to the National Football League? Here are some strengths for Chris Alave. Buttery smooth mode of operation. Able to jab and juke press doors open top end speed creates vertical opportunities glider with the ability to route cover coverage up burst for separation on all three levels able to sit and settle quickly for hitch slash curl alters weight and direction for balance route turns effortless in the air and can create a highlight everything 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 there is true here are some weaknesses about mr chris alave Scheme provided a lot of room for free play. That's not just for him. That goes for every receiver because Ryan Day knows what he is doing. Lack of desired play strength could become a concern. Room for more manipulation as a route salesman. Okay. Average hand strength to finish the catch. Inconsistent working back to the throw when needed. Are you going back to the game against Clemson in the bowl game in 2019? Because most of the time, Alave has fixed that. Not perfect, but he has worked on that and he has really improved on that. I wouldn't say inconsistent, but just say more needs improvement. Failed to hold on to would-be touchdown catch in first quarter of loss to Michigan. Failed to hold on to would-be touchdown catch. How many receivers are here that would have that dropped a big I dropped a touchdown in a big game. Just saying, do you add that on everybody's got the scouting report? I don't think so. Average in run, average in run after catch mode gets run through as run blocker. I'm done with that. What do you say about it? Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson, two prospects 
that are going to be doing big things in the NFL very, very soon. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The YouTube subscriptions keep coming in. Remember, remember, make sure to subscribe to the Locked on Buckeyes podcast YouTube page. Help the channel to keep growing and Help us get to 1,000. As soon as we get to 1,000 subscriptions, the deadline is coming up very, very soon to get there. We will be having, we reached out to some, a few guests to have them come on the podcast, guests that you would love to hear from. Tom is, though, one of the best college basketball coaches, not just in the game, but also of all time, is somebody that when he speaks, whenever he speaks, people will listen. And after the game that he that the Buckeyes played on Thursday, he had some interesting things to say about the Buckeye fans. This is a topic that I generally don't touch on the podcast. I generally just keep this for conversations off of air where me and my friends are talking about the game and how fans are at Ohio State. But Tom Izzo kind of confirms the things that I said or things that I know when he realized it in one game. And here's what he here's what Tom Izzo had to say about the Ohio State fans at Thursday night's game. Quote, I would say one thing about this place. I was disappointed in their fans. The way they were playing, this place should be rocking and packed. End quote. One thing you will realize about Ohio State basketball fans, if you are just a casual observer and you have not gone to a game, they do not fill up the arena. It's actually pretty odd when I went there earlier this year, I think it was for the Niagara basketball game non-conference, and I realized how nice and big the, the shot is in Columbus, and I realized how many Ohio State fans don't go to the basketball games. They don't go at all. And I'm sitting here thinking, where is everybody at? You got this big place, beautiful place, a great venue for sports, concerts, things of that nature. And then all of a sudden, the capacity is 18,809, and People just don't show up. Yeah, there was a court storming after the Duke win. But your average Ohio State basketball game, the fans just don't show up. Some just don't care. I'm like, what is going on? In last night's game, the attendance, 14,951, which seems high, which seems really high, 80% full, uh, which, excuse me, was not 80% full last night. But the crowd is normally not there. Now, this is something that even during some, some football games, the horseshoe could be packed, but sometimes the fans, the fans are there. They're not loud. They're not raucous. They're now maybe packed, but they're not as loud as you would like them to be all game long. But basketball is different. And I would 100% agree with Tom Mizzle when he's talking about the Ohio State fans. Ohio State's basketball team, Sometimes the fans are bandwagon. They go up and down, up and down, and their attendance at games shows that. Great venue. Great team to watch play. Yes, it can be frustrating at times, but that should not 
dictate when you go to games. This place should have been rocking. This place is fun. Now, granted, 18,800 an 18,809 seat arena for a football school is not normally something you're going to happen. Now, I am a proponent. I'm a pusher. I do believe that possibly playing games, more games at St. John's Arena, which is not the size or which is not um, as nice. The seats are the size, I know, as what is that uh, Value City Arena. I think playing more games at St. John's Arena is better for this team if you take the 14,000 that were there last night, you put them in St. John's Arena, that's a sellout. Because St. John's for basketball, sellout is 13,276. And so that's a, that's a sellout. One, it's it's a sellout. You're going to get a better atmosphere. And two, you're also going to get a more intimate experience because of the smaller venue. And I do think for schools like Ohio State, having that smaller venue, you're not in Indiana, where Indiana is a not just a basketball school. Indiana is a basketball state. You're, so you're going to get people, 16,000, 17,000, to go to Assembly Hall to fill that thing for games because that those people eat, breathe, sleep basketball 24-7, 365. Ohio State fans aren't like that. If I didn't talk Ohio State basketball consistently and it was, it was more football, 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 and every day was just all football, even after Ohio State had a win over Duke, it's all football, you guys probably would not be that mad. Because you love football, which is a testament to you and the culture that is there at Ohio State. Now, when it comes to coaches like Tom Izzo and other coaches that are going to come through, they probably all think the same thing. Just Tom Izzo ended up saying it in the postgame press conference. Disappointed. Buckeye fans should be better at bat. Should fill up basketball games. Should go to basketball games. Should enjoy basketball games. These tickets aren't that expensive. You could get there. You could have fun. You could enjoy it. You could enjoy the game. And have a good time. I don't have the pool at Ohio State to push to play more games at St. John's Arena. I would not say to shut down the shot, but only use it for certain games like the one coming up this Sunday. That once again, the Buckeyes need to win, not only because it's a rivalry game, but because you want to get the double bye and be, really because you're on the basketball court. If you're on the basketball court, you should do everything in your power to win that game. Oh, Tom, Izzo, Tom Izzo was disappointed in the fans last night. Something we have seen, I have seen all year long as I paid more attention, attention to it. And my hope, don't think it'll, ha it'll happen, but, but my hope is that Ohio State will play more games at St. John's Arena to get that more to get a more intimate feel at basketball games. It's a feel-good Friday. Your boy has the Nintendo controller hat on his head. If you want to see it, go to the YouTube. I'm sure you will enjoy and get a good laugh and a good kick when you see the hat guys you can follow you can follow me on twitter at jsteven07 for some reason today is one of those days i'm so excited that i can't talk i want to thank everyone for making locked on buckeyes their first listen of every single day now make your second listen locked on nfl draft ryan tracy and former nfl cornerback eric crocker bring the nfl draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. The Locked On NFL Draft Podcast is free and available wherever you get your fine podcast. For this Feel Good Friday, this is the final episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the week. I am your host. Enjoy the weekend. Beautiful weather is around the corner. And get ready for the game on Sunday afternoon against the team up north.